for your kids. What's, what's some of your favorite Disney movies? The Lion, King. the Lion King. Lion King is a good example. Star Wars. Russell, what do you got? Star Wars. Cinderella. All right, all right. So the reason I asked you guys that is next time you guys are watching some of your favorite movies, I want you guys to focus on something, pay attention to something, okay? A lot of your movies are going to have a story. There's going to be someone that comes along, and this character is going to come along, and they're going to steal your heart, and you're going to be like, oh, man, I just love that character. They're my favorite. And then, as the movie goes on more, and the music gets a little more intense, and it gets a little deeper into it, there's going to be a bad guy that comes along. And they're usually going to come along, and they're going to do something to your favorite character. And you're like, man, look at this person. They came along, and they got Elsa, and she's frozen, or whatever it is that happened. Your favorite character is going to be in a mess. But what always happens then someone else comes through. Sometimes a hero comes through. Hero comes through and they fix the situation. And you're like, oh, good. They're safe. It's a happy ending. So today, I'm going to tell a story like that. You guys ready to hear it? Okay. Today, I'm going to tell a story like that. Okay. I'm going to tell a story about Jesus. He comes along and he, and he melts everybody's hearts and we all fall in love with him. And then some evil people come along and they do some bad things to him and they put him to death. But the good news, the good news we all needed, there's a hero in the story. God came along, and on today, 2,000 years ago, he raised him from the dead. So um, I'm going to be talking for a while, and so I need you guys. Kids, can you guys do me a favor? Okay, yeah. if you look over while I'm talking and you notice your parents aren't paying attention, can you give them a little nudge with your elbow and kind of make sure that, hey, yeah, let's practice one time to make sure you guys know what I'm talking about. Give them a little nudge and make sure we're good. All right. All right. Okay. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Um, so will you guys join me as I open us up in prayer this morning? Father God, we are so grateful for this day. We are so grateful that we had a Savior that came down shed his blood for us to cover our sins, to wash us clean, to put us in right standing with God. Jesus, we are so thankful that you are the way, the truth, and the life. Because as you said on the third day, you rose and you walked back out of that grave. It's something that as we go through today's message and today's scripture that I hope will, through the Holy Spirit, impact the lives of the people here today, impact the lives of all of us that we understand the cost and we get a greater gratitude for you in our lives. We love you and it's in your precious and holy name we pray. And all the kids said? Amen. Amen. Yes, thank you. So... Um, on Christmas service, if you guys are here, I spoke of a term or a, uh, I guess, theory that you could call it by someone named Tim Keller. He was the founder and lead pastor of Presbyterian Church in New York City, and he came up with this, uh, he, he talks of this theory called Kingdom Economics. And what it is, is the kingdom of God is like completely the opposite of how we 
now in our society operate. And the, the example that I used on Christmas was when God calls the shepherds, the lowly, good-for-nothing shepherds, looked down upon by their society, but God came to them. Um, us, nowadays, in our society, we don't, we don't look to the lowly. We are the opposite. We look to the powerful the, the prestigious, the, the pride. We look for those things in people. When you're, when you're looking for a candidate for a job or something, you want to see this exuding confidence. You want them to come in and command the room. But God called the lowly, the meek, and the humble. And I thought that was a really good example to kind of bring up again today with, with the scripture that we're going to be going through because um, it shows... How much, how much different Jesus' situation and what he did is different than how we are and how we operate. Another term that might make you guys relate to this kingdom economics a little bit better is love-hate relationships. Do any of you guys in your life have some love-hate relationships? I know, I know I do. If you think about the way we operate, like something comes along and whether it's a person, a, a situation, an object, whatever it is, like we develop this love for this thing. If it's a friendship or a relationship, we de develop this love and we grow closer to this situation. We grow closer and we begin to love this until something happens in that situation or that relationship and it changes the dynamic of that relationship. And we respond, and we begin to hate those things. Some examples are like a friendship. Let's say you, you meet this person, and you're, you're pouring into this person, and you guys are you're, you're having lunch, and you're becoming to the point where, where they're at your house, and they're, they're getting in your cupboards, and you guys are developing this deep, deep bond, this relationship. And all of a sudden, you're at the grocery store, and you run into... You run into Joe, we'll call him, and you run into Joe, and Joe's like, hey, I was talking to so-and-so, and she told me this about you. And that thing that Joe tells you about is one of the deep secrets that you confided in your new friend. He comes to you, and he tells you that something that you entrusted that person with, she has been sharing with other people, and you feel betrayed. And you feel angry. And your response is, you know what? I thought we had this relationship. I thought we were uh, creating this friendship. And look, down the drain. Or a relationship. You meet somebody and you guys are kicking it off and some dates go along. And you're, you're going closer and closer together. And all of a sudden, you run into someone and they say, oh, weren't you dating so-and-so? I seen him at the movies with what's-her-name. And you're crushed. And you respond with hate and anger. You're like, man. You know, I was loving this situation, and now what? Now what? I'm so mad at this person. I don't ever want to speak to them again. I don't ever want to help them with anything again. Even situations. We are so conditioned this way that even situations will get that reaction out of us. You've been planning this vacation for so long. You're like, look, we're going to Disneyland. We got the hotel rooms. It's going to be so great. I budgeted and saved just enough money for this trip. I'm so excited. And you're going down there. You're on your way, and the transmission goes out in your car. An unexpected expense pops up. 
All of this stuff pops up. So now you're going to miss your reservations. You're stranded somewhere between here and California on a hot desert road with screaming kids like, are we there yet? Are we there yet? And you're stuck. And now all the stress has come pouring in. Man, the money to fix my car, the money for a rental to even get us there, getting us back. What do I do to get to work after this point? All of those things come along to where a year later, one of your friends asks you, hey, you guys went to Disneyland. Are you guys going on vacation again? And you're like, I hate vacations. They're a nightmare. Even an object. Man, we all, most of us anyway, if you don't, I'll pray for you. But love the, love the taste of some bacon. Or some donuts. And you're getting down and you're like, oh, this applewood smoked bacon is delicious. Delicious. And someone later on, like, you know, a couple months later, your friend's like, hey, well, we got this get together. It's kind of formal. You want to come? And you go and you get those dress pants and you go and you're like, they don't quite button like they did. <laughs> you're, you're in the kitchen poking a new hole in your belt so that you can get your belt on tight. You had this thing that created this love, and all of a sudden, now you're like, man, even though you probably didn't stop eating it, but you're like, gosh, I love this bacon, but I hate the way it don't make my pants fit. Today, we're going to look at a, some scripture. We're going to dive deep into some scripture. I'm going to be doing a lot of reading because I want the Bible today to speak for itself. I want God's word to impact you guys in a way that leaves you longing for more and appreciating what happened and why we're celebrating this weekend. So as we dive into it, there's two things I want to accomplish. And one is I want us to understand how many reasons through, the, through this situation was presented to Christ. How many things he faced where he was, finally could have threw up his hands and said, you know what, God, I am done with this. I am done with these people. Look what they're doing to me. As I read, focus on those things. Listen to those things. Not only the things that happened here, but I want you guys to look inside you. I want you to look inside your lives and think about how many reasons us personally have gave him where he could have said, you know what? I don't want to be a part of this. And then secondly, the second thing I hope is uh, that we can do is we will understand the cost. We will understand what he did, and how we, in our lives today, we probably wouldn't have done it. We probably would have thrown our hands in the air and walked away. Um, the scripture will be up here on the screen. If you guys want to join me, go ahead and turn to um, Matthew chapter 26, and we'll be starting in verse 30. Matthew 26, starting in 30. And then in this reading, we're going to go all the way through the end of the chapter and all the way to 27.54. So 26.30, and we'll be going all the way to 27.54. So we're going we're gonna to do quite a bit of reading right now. Through this story, remember... Look at the reasons he had to just change his mind and walk away. And when they had sung a hymn, they went up to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus said to them, You will all fall away because 
of me this night, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. And Peter answered him, they, though they all fall away because of you, I will never fall away. And Jesus said to him, truly I tell you, this very night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. There's his friendship telling his friend that he's going to deny him. Peter said to him, even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And all the disciples said the same thing. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. He asked his friends for one thing. And talking with them and taking with him Peter and the two sons Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then they said to him, my soul is very sorrowful, even to de death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and he prayed, saying, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass for me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And when he came to the disciples, he found them sleeping. He asked them one thing. They were sleeping. And he said to Peter, So you could not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. And again for the second time he went away and prayed, My father, this cannot pass unless I drink it. Your will be done. And again he came and he found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words again. And then he came to the disciples and said to them, Sleep. Take your rest later on. See, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of the sinners. Rise, let us be going. See my betrayer at hand. While he was still speaking, Judas came, one of the twelve, and with him a great crowd with swords and clubs from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now the betrayer had given them a sign, saying, The one I will kiss is the man. Seize him. This is one of his friends that he's done life with, that he's spent a lot of time with, betraying him. And he came up to Jesus at once, and he said, Greetings, Rabbi, and he kissed him. Jesus said to him, notice his reaction. I don't think it's a word we would use. Friend, friend, do what you came to do. Then they came up, and they laid hands on Jesus, and they seized him, and behold, one of those who were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. And then Jesus said to him, put your sword back into its place, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Do you think that I cannot appeal to my father and he will at once send more than 12 legions of angels? This is proof right here that Jesus didn't have to go through what he went through. He says right there, you don't think I can send my father or call to my father and have him send 12 angels? But how then should scripture be fulfilled that it must be so? At the hour, Jesus said to the crowds, have you come out against the robber with swords and clubs to capture me? Day after day, I sat in the temple teaching and you did not seize me. But all this had taken place that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples left him and fled. He was abandoned. 
Then those who had seized Jesus led him to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders gathered. And Peter was following him at a distance as far as the courtyard of the high priest. And going, in, and going inside, he sat with the guards to, the, to see the end. Now the chief priests and the whole council were seeking false testimony against Jesus that they might be put him to death. But they found none. Though many false witnesses came forward, at last two came forward and they said, This man said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. And the high priest stood up and said, Have you no answer to make? What is it that these men testify against you? But Jesus remained silent. And the high priest said to him, I adjure you by the living God. and Tell, you, tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus said to him, You have said so. But I tell you, from now on, you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his robes and says, He had uttered blasphemy. What further witnesses do we need? You have now heard this blasphemy. What is your judgment? And they answered, He deserves death. Then they spit in his face and they struck him. And some slapped him saying, Prophecy to us, you Christ. Who is it that struck you? He was spit on, he was slapped, he was falsely accused. Now Peter was sitting outside the courtyard and a servant girl came up to him and said, you were also with Jesus the Galilean, but he denied him before all of them saying, I do not know what you mean. And when he went out to the entrance, another servant girl saw him and said, she said to the bystanders, this man was with Jesus of Nazareth. And again, he denied, denied it with an oath. I do not know the man. After a little while, the bystanders came up and said to Peter, Certainly you too are one of them, for your accent betrays you. Then he began to invoke a curse to himself and swear, I do not know the man. Immediately the rooster crowed, and Peter remembered the saying of Jesus, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. Jesus knew that one of his best friends that he had spent the last three years with was going to deny him when it all counted. Chapter 27. When the morning came, all the chief priests and the elders of the people took counsel against Jesus and put him to death, to put him to death. And they bound him and led him away and delivered him over to Pilate, the governor. He's falsely accused and now he's bound and drug off. Then when Judas, his betrayer, saw that Jesus was condemned, he changed his mind and brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and to the elders, saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. They said, what is that to us? See, it, see to it yourself. And throwing down the pieces of silver into the temple, he departed and he went and hanged himself. He lost a friend. But the chief priest, taking the pieces of silver, said, It's not lawful to put them into the treasury since it's blood money. So they took counsel and bought with them the potter's field as the burial place for strangers. Therefore, that field has been called the field of blood to this day. Then was fulfilled what had been spoken by the prophet Jeremiah, saying, And they took 30 pieces of silver, the price of him on whom the price had been set by some of the sons of Israel, and they had given them for the potter's field. As the Lord directed me. Now Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, Are you king of the Jews? Jesus said, You have said so. But when he was accused by the chief priests and the elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate said to him, Do you not hear how many things they testify against you? But he gave him no answer. 
not even a single charge, that the governor, so that the governor was greatly amazed. Now at the feast, the governor was accustomed to release for the crowd any one prisoner who they wanted. And they had a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. So when they had gathered, Pilate said to them, Who do you want me to release from you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? For he knew that it was now out of envy that they had delivered him up. Besides, while he was still sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent word to him, Have nothing to do with that righteous man, for I have suffered much because of him today in a dream. Now the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and to destroy Jesus. An innocent man, they chose a murderer. The governor again said to them, Which of the two do you want me to release for you? And they said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, Then what shall I do with Jesus who is called the Christ? And they said, Let him be crucified. And he said, Why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, Let him be crucified. So when Pilate saw that he was gaining nothing, but rather that a riot was beginning, he took water and washed his hands before the crowd, saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourselves. And all the people answered, His blood be on us and our children. Then he released Barabbas, and having scourged Jesus, delivered him to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the governor's headquarters and he gathered the whole battalion before him and they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. Twisting together a crown of thorns, they placed it on his head and they put a reed in his right hand. And kneeling before him, they mocked him saying, Hail the king of the Jews. And they spit on him and they took the reed and they struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the robe and they put on his own clothes on him and led him away to crucify him. And as they went out, they found a man of Cyrene, by the, Simon by name, and they compelled this man to carry his cross. And when they came to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull, they offered him wine to drink, mixed with gall. But when he tasted it, he would not drink it. And when they had crucified him, they divided the garments among them and casting lots. They sat down and kept watch over him there. And over his head... They put a charge against him which read, This Jesus, King of the Jews. Then the two robbers crucified him, one on the right and one on the left. And those who passed by declared him, wagging their heads and saying, You, would, you who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself. If you're the Son of God, come down from the cross. So also the chief priest with the scribes and the elders mocking him saying, He saved others and he can't even save himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross, and we will believe. He trusts in God. Let God deliver him now if he desires him. For, for he said, I am the son of God. And the robbers who were crucified with him also reviled him in the same way. There was an opportunity. If at any point, after the mocking, beating, spitting, he was ready to give up on us, he had a way out right there. Now from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lemma sabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it 
said, this man is calling Elijah. And one of them at once ran and took a sponge, filled with sour wine and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink. But others said, wait, let's see whether Elijah will come and save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice, yielding up his spirit. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn from two from top to bottom. And the earth shook, and the rocks were split, and the tombs were opened, and the many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs, after his resurrection, they went into the body of the holy city and appeared to many. When the centurion of those who were with him kept watching over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what took place, they were filled with awe and said, This truly was the Son of God. There was so much hate there. There were so many reasons he had to give up on us as people. But the story gets better. John chapter 19, starting in verse 38. John 19, verse Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved and said to them, they have taken our Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And stooping in, stooping to look in, he saw linen clothing lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him, and he went into the tomb, and he saw the linen clothes laying there, and the face cloth which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen clothes, but folded and placed by itself. Then the other disciple who reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. As far yet, they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back into their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. And as she wept, she stood and looked at the tomb. And she saw that two angels in white were sitting there with the body of, where the body of Jesus had lain. One at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, they have taken away my Lord. And I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing. But she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned to him and said in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and to your Father, to my God and to your God. And Mary Magdalene, Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. There were so many reasons we read in that text where he could have gave up, he could have pulled the plug, and he could have left us hanging. In closing, I want to point out something. When you understand the cost of something, you value it more. 
Hopefully reading that scripture and seeing the torture and seeing what Jesus went through for us, for our sin, for the things that we did that put him on the cross, you will value the resurrection for what it is. He was betrayed. He was falsely arrested. He was beaten. He was mocked. He was spit on. He was so many horrible things. He was stabbed in the side to drain any last blood from him. He was choking, gasping for air. But he made a promise. He made a promise to his father. He made a promise to his friends. He made a promise to us that he would conquer death and sin and he would rise from the grave on the third day. As you go out and you celebrate this day, understand the cost, understand what he went through, but let it bring you to a place of gratitude where you understand the greatest act of love that you will ever know in your life. We put him there, we shamed him, and he loved us more than hate. We go out into our days and we love something till we hate it. Jesus was faced with nothing but hate at first. It didn't sway him, and it never will. He ended with love. Let's pray. Jesus, Father, we are so grateful that you are not like us. We are so grateful for the love that you showed through allowing yourself to be sacrificed by not calling out to God to send angels and end it and leave us. Leave us abandoned. Leave us lost. Leave us without salvation. Leave us with no hope for eternity. We're so grateful that your word rings true and that when we read it, we know that you promised to walk from the grave and we know that place is empty right now and that you are alive and you're seated at the right hand of the Father looking down on us and that one day you will return. There's no combination of words that we can put together to help you understand the love and gratitude we have for that situation. We praise you. We lift your name on high. Amen.